I'm as baffled by this conflicting evidence as you are. His prints are all over the crime scene. The TV footage puts him 60 miles away. He can't have been in two places at once. You know me. I didn't kill that kid, Ralph. Do you see how strange this is? What would make someone do such a thing? He didn't do it. I have no tolerance for the unexplainable. Well then, sir, you'll have no tolerance for me. Answer me this. Do you think Terry Maitland killed that boy? If he didn't do it, someone else did. Someone else did. Someone else did. Hello. And welcome back to Castle Rock Critical, as we continue our coverage of HBO's The Outsider. I am joined tonight just by Lucy. Hello. Uh, not that that's a bad thing. It's just Lucy. Yep. Lots of impact Sorry, on Lucy. Because uh, the lads stand under are very caught up with their new puppies, married life, etc, etc. Uh, and of course, I am your host, Emma. So tonight we'll be running through the usual structure to talk about episode 5, Tear Drinker. Uh, general overview, deep dive into the plot, and then King Corner for any Easter eggs and book differences and uh, listener feedback. Woohoo! Woo! Uh, so let's crack straight on, shall we? Lucy, what did you think of episode five? I thought this was a bit of a boring episode. Mm-hmm. I think it was a bridging episode, and I think every good series does need those. So I don't have any problem with shows taking their time to tell the story and having episodes where maybe a bit less happens but it's building up to something um which is what i think this was there are a lot of parts a lot of threads you can kind of see where they're going well i can think about where they're going yeah but didn't go anywhere in the episode which i'm not mad at but it didn't make for that interesting viewing, really. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people have felt the same from what I've read, review-wise. Yeah. I'm not mad at it, because I don't think it's it was just a pointless <laughs> episode. I understand what they're doing, and it's okay to do that. It's okay to have a lull, an interlull. It's fine. Um, but Blueberry-wise, I mean, I'll give any new listeners, I'm sure you're probably not joining us in episode five, but if you are, welcome. And the way we scale things here is on the blueberry scale. So we would rate uh, the best thing ever as five and something really crud, like the end of Game of Thrones, as zero. Yep, zero bloop. And you can't have a half, which makes it really difficult because there might be things where you think it's decent. It might be between a three and a four, but you have to choose. I usually go down, I have to say. I usually round down. I know others that round up. So this episode, I'm going to give three. Mm. And it's funny because I gave last episode three, and in hindsight, this that episode was a lot more enjoyable than this. But you can't go back. Mm. You can't change the past. You can't change the past. Just gonna have to accept that, kids. I I, I agree with most of what you said. Like in all honesty, I actually found this episode dull. Yeah, I think dull is just kind of it was slow. The plot didn't move hard along to hear that again, much. or is that just me? I think you might need your ears. <laughs> I think your it's testing. I'm, I'm casting it from my laptop to the TV. It's not the best TV in the world. 
and I think it's <laughs> it's sound, but I do think I don't have very good hearing. Some of it's muffled, but also if it's a bit dull, it's hard to kind of pay attention. It's and true. I think I felt like last episode was like this as well. Like it was, I don't mind sort of interludes or filler episodes no. or stuff like that, but actually I just, and maybe it comes back to what I said when we first started podcasting on this, that the first two episodes were basically half of the book. Yeah. Yes. And I figured if you're going to cram so much stuff into two episodes, there's got to be a plan moving forward. And this is starting to sound in my head a little bit like what I said about Castle Rock season two. And now I just don't know how they're dragging it out so far. And they are adding things in. I just, yeah, it's difficult. Because actually this could probably have been a six part series. It's a leisurely pace for sure. It is. I have no problem with that, but it's going to need to ramp up, resolve some of these. Yeah. I, it's difficult because um, I am still enjoying it. Same, and that's that's kind of what I said. Like, it's not it's, even really a criticism of it. It's just I can't give it a four or a five when it wasn't really that good. But yeah. I understand you need these sort of bedding in episodes. I know it's episode five, but but also a three is not a bad score. It's not. It's not. It's, it's good. You know, predominantly stuff is a three upwards if it's good. Mm. And, the, you know, this is by no means a bad episode just comparatively to the rest of the season. And like, I really love seeing loads of Holly. I really enjoy Cynthia Erivo. I think yeah. she's fantastic on screen. Um, but a lot of it felt a, a bit repetitive, actually. There were a lot of kind of tropes or scenes that were repeated in various different guises. Yeah. And that, and that for me, and I really hate to do it for something like this, but it, it makes it a three bloob. Yeah, I think, I think fair. No court would convict you for that, I don't no, think. No, I'd hope not. No, I'd hope not. Um, well, crikey, that's quick when it's just two of us. Yeah. <laughs> Straight in. Uh, Succinct. Before we get on to our deep dive into the plot, it's time for a little advert break. Hello. It's that time of the episode where we talk to you about everything else that we do and try and encourage you to listen to that as well. If you are enjoying what you're listening to here, then uh, you can find loads more on Castle Rock Critical, uh, Stephen King adaptations and Castle Rock the TV show. But we're also part of a uh, parent podcast called Fan Critical. And over there we do loads of other content, things like Westworld, which is coming back soon, Stranger Things, Watchmen. Uh, and big event movies like Star Wars all and the Marvels Marvels and that uh, so you can uh, follow us on uh, social media to uh, keep up with what we're doing on those uh, most recently we have just recorded our Oscars predictions podcast which as always is hilarious uh, but I am determined that this year I will not lose hmm. terribly I've seen your predictions mate they look they're not as bad as last year last year I only got one right yeah but that was best film and that was an absolute yeah, best and picture, we, absolute fluke. fluke. So if you want to know uh, what we are doing, then you can follow us on social media. As I said, we are at fancriticalpod on Twitter, at fan underscore critical on Instagram, just fancritical on Facebook, or even if you want to get in touch, send us an email, fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com. Now, if you really like what we do, uh, then you can support us via Patreon. And there are lots of different ways that you can do that. And Lucy, we may have some new Patreons to shout out this week. Yes, we do. It's continuing to grow. We've had a new Patreon, a new junior Patreon, Randy Reed. Hey, Randy. He, yeah, he joined up um, yesterday, in fact. And little tidbit. He used to live in Rochester in the UK. No way. I'm from Kent originally, um, Randy, kind of maybe like an hour or so away from there. Um, nice castle in Rochester. 
Yep, there is. So he says he misses UK life. Not really sure why. No. Not a lot going on here. But keep listening to us. But keep listening and contributing. Thank you very much for your message. Um, Left some really nice feedback as well. And thank you for contributing to our great podcast. Yeah. Uh, If you want to make like Randy... Uh, you can uh, become a junior blueberry which gives you uh, exclusive access to our cast it episodes which are hilarious uh, and the opportunity to chat with other patreons on the fan critical discord we've also got speaking of juniors we've got another upgrade from junior to senior nice laura laura beamish hey laura she joined as a uh, junior bloober Bloober. Bloober. I'm going to call. I'm yeah. going to start calling Junior Bloober. Junior Bloobers. Bloober. Um, back at the start of the year, she liked what she heard so much. She went, "No, you know what? I want to pony up a bit more dough." Nice. And she wants to have the uh, the benefits that doing that gives you, which is basically chatting with us. And a lot of people have already started doing that. We've had some good yeah. chats, haven't we, Emma? We're about really enjoying it. This show. Um, yeah. So if you are a senior Bloober listening to this, get on Discord, and anytime you want, send us a message, and someone will get back to you. And if you are quick enough, anybody who is a Patreon supporting us can vote uh, on our Oscars predictions on Patreon and be in with the chance to commission a 30-minute podcast on a movie of your choosing. A lot of people have already done that. Yep. Some interesting interesting, uh, predictions. In the scenario that there are more than one correct predictions for the Oscars six categories that we're predicting, then that names... Sudden death. Sudden death. Oh, maybe we should Quiz. do that. Yeah. Um, we were just going to draw names from a hat. Nah, it's got to be sudden uh, death. But no, it's pretty cool. We've had a couple of uh, commission podcasts already and they're really fun because it means we don't have to think about what we have to do. Someone else tells us. Yeah, uh, so I love not having to think. It is excellent. So Cheers, thank guys. you for all of our newbies and upgraders and uh, to you guys who I'm sure are all going to flock to patreon.com flock forward slash fan critical and support us. Uh, but for now, it's time to get back to the tear drinker. Back to the studio. So we open up episode five with a uh, a police shootout and it's aftermath. Uh, So there's a young guy dead in the street and we get a bit of a zoomed in shot of his mangy neck. Mm -hmm. So clearly we've got another Jack-esque scenario here. Um, Lucy, what did you think of the opening of this episode? Um, Yes, I thought, oh, another minion. And then I racked my brain thinking, who's for what? Yeah, what, same. What I was time? like, who's this, who's this guy? I mean, you find out later that it's Dayton. Um, so you can assume that it's... He's the facilitator for the murder that Heath committed. Yeah. In, in inverted commas. Um, to me, the neck in that, that initial shot looked more like a pattern, like a... Not a constellation, but you could maybe you could say Ooh, that. Interesting. Um, it didn't at the end, though. It looked like... Maybe oozy spots. Um it's an interesting opening, but again, it's just, for me, it's just another thread that you're like, what's this now? It's something else. And it's fine, because I, I do believe that they're going to resolve this yeah. satisfactorily, but it is just another, there's no questions really been answered. No. And they're just adding more in. We're kind of getting to, uh, maybe... More threads. Maybe this is where the book does this better. So I said last episode that we don't get kind of another person before Heath whereas here obviously we have Maria that we saw in the prison last week mm. so and obviously and then we don't get another Jack Binion um, and it and it is easier to follow this confused me massively I yeah. thought it was really well shot and it was really well done because it opens up and you're going oh what um, 
but I was confused. It makes you think and it makes you rack your brain and try and connect the dots. I have no problem doing that. I just hope that the, all these little threads that they've put in there will get tied up <clears throat> at some point. Let's hope so. Uh, so we then flash back to three days earlier. So that same guy that we've just seen, who we don't really know who he is, uh, he's in a rundown house and it's got child killer painted across the front, loads mm. of graffiti. Um, and bizarrely, he does some tidying up. Uh, we see a weird, creepy cat clock, yeah. which is. From, I like that cat clock. I found it. It reminded me of the cat from The Simpsons. Uh, Snowball too. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a bit like Felix. There's another cat, I think. I just like his Diamante eyes. Um, well, that's that's Heath's mum's. Apparently, yeah. it's pretty pretty kitsch. I'm into that. Yeah. I've got a uh, tea towel with George Michael literally looking down at us. That is true, I am into the kit. I have got a a tea towel with cats on it. Does that (laughs) count? There you go. Um, So if anything, I'm I'm a mixture of Heath's mum and you, Lucy. (laughs) Uh, But then, weirdly, he decides to plonk a load of sheets on one of the beds in the house. Why is he doing this? I was like... Is he going to stay there? Well, that's what I thought. Like, absorb the I thought he was hiding away from something, and I was a bit confused. And actually, that's a good point. He could be doing that, like... Drinking Just absorbing some residual anguish. Lucy's doing a great movement there, yeah. sort of dancing and absorbing anguish. Yeah, I'm absorbing it with my hands. Mm-mm. I'm wafting the anguish. That, actually, that me. makes a lot more sense. I mean, I don't know. Uh, well, no, I didn't clearly. Think about that. But, <laughs> I, I just assumed he was because I, I didn't really kind of click that he was connected to Heath at the time. It took me a while to kind of get back to it. Um, well, no, I, I mean, this is a post-viewing thought. I didn't yeah. think. Oh, I bet that's. I didn't really. Um, but yeah that could be it you know we talked about last episode um this episode there's lots of stuff about like absorbing negative energy and you know where could people go to drink that up so to speak mm. and you know we've gone from el coco to tear drinker I'm glad grief that eater. That name didn't come up again i'll be oh, honest with fuck. you that was a plus point yeah massive plus <laughs> point um so then we go uh back to jack in his, his weird forest dumping ground he's dragging in some deer and he is getting very upset because the outsider uh, doesn't like one of his lamps yep he smashed it up he's not having it uh jack is not having a good time here he's no. shouting at him like what do you want why won't you kill me um and then he seems to kind of get struck with pain mm. uh which clearly is the response of no fuck you do as you're told and his neck is getting pretty rank yeah it is really disgusting so i think i mentioned this in the first couple of episodes that um he thinks he's got skin cancer Mm. in the book um and it like actually the descriptions are quite similar to this and it is pretty rank one of the things that that's been quite a question for me lucy is like what people think or think about or feel for jack as a character in the show as a non-book reader. Like, mm. what are your thoughts on him? Well, obviously, all we've really seen of him is going to strip joints when he should be working, which is not something I'm um, not a fan of. I actually like this scene because we got a bit more of his personality. Yeah. When he was just like, you didn't like the lamb, you're allergic to plastic. Like, just a bit, it shows that there's still some of him inside, even if he has been taken over. And he's not, like, completely zombified. He's actually just under control. Yeah. Or under pressure, maybe. And he's getting he's getting annoyed with what he's having to do. He's not just cowered by it. Um, I think it kind of... I think they've left it quite late to start developing his character, if that's what they're doing. I don't mm. always like it when shows do that. Like, he's been a bit of a peripheral character, and we're beginning to see... We see it later on... Um, 
with when he's with his colleagues we're getting a bit more development from him which mm. is fine um but i don't always like it when they leave it that late because you're meant to kind of have some kind of attachment to him maybe and you don't you need a bit of time to build that don't you yeah even to, to hate him or to like him even like either way yeah um but there were some scenes. I like that scene actually, and there's another scene that he's in later. Um, at first, I thought for some for certain reasons I thought this is a bit strange, but then the way it kind of turned out, I was mm. like, uh, another thread. But yeah, you know, we'll pick that one. We'll, we'll up pick later. that thread up when we get there. <clears throat> I am actually really so I hated Jack in the Book, Jack in the Book, Jack in the Jack Box. Um, more in a kind of. Just he was a nasty character and you weren't encouraged in any way to have any sympathy for him. Mm. I actually really like the character in the show. I'm interested in I'm interested in how he's going to develop what his character arc is going to be. Yeah. Um, and whether it's going to match what happens in the book. And I've read a lot of people talking about how he they think he comes across as a more kind of sympathetic character in the show than in the novel. Yeah. And and I and I think actually that's a nice that's a nice change. I, I think it works well. Um and the guy that plays him is brilliant. He's got strong biff from uh Back to the Future vibes, that kind of yeah. bully again thing. Yeah. He look, he's got that kind of face, hateable face. Yeah, you are right. Mm. That's a good good thing. But um yeah, I think they're definitely trying to develop him and make him a more of a nuanced character rather than just this mm. drunk that goes to the strip club when he's supposed to be working. Well, don't worry, Lucy, because um, we're heading back to your favourite place, the Peach Crease, uh, where we see Claude looking pretty fucking rough, to be honest. Yeah. He gets all feverish and lightheaded and then fl- has a flashback to like Terry shaking his hand and giving him a scratch from mm. the first episode, I think. Um, now, we've talked about this before. Do we still think that this is a Terry situation or a Jack situation? I think surely it's a Terry, but I, Len said it um, last week. It doesn't really make any sense to, no. to get your next victim, if you like, so close to the previous one. And also, thinking about it this way, um, yes, Terry got scratched, but he wasn't ill. No, not that, not that we know of. There's there's been no, no there's, there's been, been no, no mention, mention that, that. Oh yeah, he got, he was quite poorly after the trip. Um, and if anything, it's more similar to Jack. But that, but Jack didn't really get poorly that we saw either, did he? I mean, his neck is fucked, but he didn't. He didn't get become sick. Ill. And he got a bit delirious. Okay, yeah, maybe. Um, and actually, in the book, he gets but a bit what, sicker. What does he need if if well, it is this a Jack is what situation? What does he need him for? Because you want you want your minion to be close to where you're doing your crimes. Well, the other potential is that it is a Jack situation, but it didn't work. So we tried to get Claude first, and uh, it didn't work. So we got Jack. So we got Jack instead. Interesting. By he, I mean the outsider, obviously. Yeah. Um, I'm not calling him anything else. No. Okay, put pin in that. Listeners, tell us what you think. Uh, we'll come back to that thread at some point. Pin it. Uh, the boy band back together <laughs> in Howie's office talking about all of Holly's discoveries. Um, so everyone agrees that Maria and Terry's stories are very similar, but they, they're not really quite sure what to do with it, which is understandable. Yeah. Cause it's what a, do you do with it? I mean, it's fucking mental, isn't it? Um, Howie does think that Holly knows more than she's divulging to them. And Ralph kind of seems to agree that she's waiting to get more evidence before coming back to them. So they all potter off and uh, we see Jack's watching them. Now, this is something that I'm biased by because of the book. But like Lucy, of all of the four guys, so Howie, Eunice, Terry and Alec, 
who do you think is most likely to believe what we think and Holly thinks is the truth behind what's going on here? I think Eunice, because I love him. Um, I agree. And also, he has seemed the most, I guess, open to it. Like when he was talking about the fingerprints. Yep. Um, he kind of sees the impossibility of it, and but doesn't just say, well, DNA. He's, he's, he sees that there's some kind of just, yeah, impossibility to what, what's happening, but he seems to recognise that and accept that there must be more. He's more open-minded, isn't he? Yeah. And actually, I think, apart from kind of missing out on him talking about um, his grandmother telling him the story of El Coco. Yeah, I mean, that would have really led into that belief that he knows about It would have made a lot more sense. Yes. Yeah. Um, actually, he's one of the more faithful characters... Um, characterizations i think okay uh i agree although there's a part of me that really wants alec to really get behind it like he's a pi i feel but... like he's quite background as well at the moment i think because you obviously have read the well, book so is howie yeah but he how he's got more of a dominant character whereas alec really if you didn't know his name i wouldn't even know who you really well, referring he hasn't to. said anything for no like three so i don't have any view on alec and i think you obviously as a book reader you've probably got an opinion from mm. reading it that you're carrying into the show, whereas I don't really know anything about him and he doesn't hasn't really left an impact on me. It's a shame, because actually I felt like he was a much bigger part of the book and I... You I, might. I really back. like his character um, and they haven't really done much with him and I think they could have done a lot more. They've. Definitely. I think a lot of what they've done is they've pushed a lot of it onto Holly, giving Cynthia Erivo a lot more screen time, which is not a bad thing because she no. is fantastic. Yeah. Um, and I think she's quite compelling. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> but yeah, I think they've taken quite a bit of that away from Alex. So you can only have so many PIs, can't you? I suppose. Yes, yeah, too many PIs spoil the plot. Yes, as they say. Correcto. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so after this, we uh, we get an extended scene with Jeannie, mm-hmm. which I I thought was a really good change of pace. We. She's got a much bigger part in the show than I thought she would have. And I think she's brilliant. Yes. So she clearly works in like an addiction recovery centre of sorts. And while she's ushering patients in and out, she notices some bloke in a green hoodie looking creepy in the waiting room. But isn't it like a grey hoodie to begin with? I'll be honest. I've watched it twice and I still can't remember. I think it's the grey hoodie that we're used to seeing on the outside. But then obviously he goes and you yeah. see there is a man in a green hoodie that sh- that freaks her out but he's just a normal man that's asleep oh maybe I think you're right. i think he's gray you're deaf i'm colorblind yeah um i mean so Jeannie decides that like that's a massive no-no because she's also getting creeped out and she's heard about like the hooded guy she's i think she's seen the sketch from the kid or at least mm. been told about it from ralph so she comes out and announces that like all hoods have to be pulled back and the guy in the green, hood, green hoodie doesn't. Yeah. Uh, so we all get a bit nervous. Like, yeah. Oh, big reveal. Is it melty face, man? Melt face. Um, poor lad's just having a kip, isn't he? Yeah. He's an addict, so. Did you, did this actually make you feel tense? Yeah, I just thought, well, what I thought originally was she can see him, can anyone else? Like the original hoodie man. Oh, interesting. And then when it goes back, and I thought he's moved, like he wasn't sitting there, and I don't think his hoodie was green. I noticed the move. Everyone else was reacting to him, like trying to wake him up, and then but then obviously it wasn't him. So I query 
if others could have seen the original when he was sitting there facing the other way. I feel like probably not. That's that's a good point. So he's appearing to who he wants to appear to. Well, I suppose that makes sense, doesn't it? Because mm. actually if everyone saw this weird, mushy face man around in a hoodie, they'd probably all freak out. And interestingly, <clears throat> she's got her own grief. So that's well part I was reading it, something sure. um I was reading a review today that talks about like, you know, that one of the major changes is the Anderson's son being dead in instead of at camp, yes. Instead correct. of at camp. Yep. Um, and how well that's impacted the show. And, and actually I think it's I think it has. More so in the last couple of episodes, because it's brought up Yeah, that's a good point. They are both grieving as well, so mm. of course it's gonna target them in some way or another. Um, I have to admit, with this bit in the like recovery center, I um, I was freaked out by it and kind of on edge. But because mm. of Jeannie, yeah, it was her reactions that made me tense. And then when it turned out not to be him, I kind of went, oh, it's kind of a bit disappointing. Um, and you know, talking about that that grief side of it, I we then go back to the Andersons' house mm. and. Uh, after some pottering around and takeaway or something or other, uh, we get a flashback to their like days of mourning after yeah. losing their son, which really hit me yeah, hard. Yeah, it was quite horrible. It was. I've got to admit, the two of them are fantastic. Yeah, it shows like how messy and just brutal the whole thing is. Mm. Raw, because she can only really think of herself. And he's trying to think of of her, but also is trying is carrying this load as well. Um, when she says like he was mine, he was mine, like it's it's just horrible. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was pretty heavy, and it's a reminder because you think you know you see her, she's really nice. Ralph's trying to solve the mystery, and you sort of forget that the son's not at camp; he's dead. Yeah, I do forget that. Yeah, he's not at camp. He's not just a he's space a- camp, heaven camp. Yeah, hopefully. Oof. Now I feel depressed. Hmm. <sighs> so now we move back to New York. Uh, Holly is bouncing ideas off her bartender mate now. Yep. Got quite a low voice. I mean, I can't speak, but bartender girl. Yeah. Oh, I like her. Yeah. She's, to be fair, she gives Holly a bit of a spark of inspiration. Mm. Uh, she's asking her about, you know, what would you eat if you were a grief eater? Good sounding board. Yeah. And she got up tear drinker rather than a gogo. Yeah. Oh, I like tear drinker. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, so Holly decides that she's going to ask her to drive her around the city the next day. And she ends up going to <clears throat> Heath's old house and a bunch of graveyards. Yeah. Pretty grim. Grand tour. Uh, and then a couple of things happen here. So firstly, she notices those uh, aforementioned clean sheets on the bed that we saw mm. at the beginning of the episode. Um, and then when she heads to the graveyard, she sees two things. So uh, at the grave of the two girls that... Heath, allegedly murdered. Uh, there's a bunch of pretty run-down abandoned buildings, mm. which sort of sets the kind of creepy, dishevelled, destroyed tone. Mm. And then when she goes to Heath's gravesite, who does it? Who is it that appears at the gravesite? It's that weird dude from the beginning of the episode. Yeah. Um, th- this is setting up a lot of other stuff. Uh, around the whole kind of like abandonment and uh, kind of, I suppose, like draining away any kind of hope or life from the lives of all the surroundings of those yeah. involved with the outsider. What What did you think about this like whole sequence with Holly and her little bartender pal? 
Yeah, I thought it was interesting. Um, and what are the odds that she would go to the graveyard and there's someone there that sort of knows or is at, at the graveside of the murderer? It reminded me a bit the way she was talking to him, the way he was reacting of Get Out. Just the, yeah. when the main character meets one of the other one of the people that have you know I don't want to, spoiler warnings if you haven't watched Get Out but when he's introduced to the other black person at the party yeah, know, and 100%. he's acting really like just not like a real person like a robot like someone's controlling them and the way he walked off she's taking why has she got the sound on her camera that annoyed me how yeah. are you going to do how why does anyone PI do that and be secretive and take these like surreptitious photos and you've got the fucking <laughs> click on that actually really annoyed me so now shit gets really fucking real. Mm. Uh, so Jeannie gets up in the middle of the night for some water and is confronted by who I'm now calling Green Hoodie Man or Grey Hoodie Grey, Man. Yeah. Just Hoodie Man. The uh, hooded Man. Which I'd like better than El Coco. Uh, his very simple instructions are to tell Ralph to stop investigating or... Now, could you hear what he was saying? Because I think it's supposed to be distorted, but I was literally getting the ear trumpet out. I love your rear trumpet though. So, so necessary. So vintage. Sure. Um, sort of. <laughs> I had to rewind it, I'll be honest. I just, I kind of understood what he was saying based on her reactions. To yeah. So when he said sit, <clears throat> I was like, what? And then she sat and I thought, oh, he said sit. <laughs> I really think you need your ears testing. I know, it's bad. Fucking hell. Um, <laughs> and not only that, uh, he basically says, if Ralph doesn't stop investigating, they're both going to die. Um, so very, very much like Jessa in her earlier yeah. earlier dreams. So then Jeannie tells Ralph the next morning, takes a bit pushy, but she eventually tells him what happened. And he, he doesn't believe her. He's having none of it. Even though there's bloody footprints. Yeah. Well, the reason that he asked her what happened is because there's glass all over the floor and bloody footprints yeah. all the way into bed. Which, all a bit home alone, oh. wasn't it, that? Yeah, just not... It's like some kind of horror version of stepping on Lego. Blah, <sighs> blah, um, <clears throat> So then... He drops her off at the medical centre to get her foot looked at because it's all cut up. She's mm. walking in class. And just as she leaves the car, she fold, hands him a piece of paper that's folded up, which he then opens, and it's got a drawing that she's done of smidgy face man. Yeah. Right. Why everyone's, can everybody draw? Everyone's quite good at art now. I've, I, I couldn't just, even draw a stick. I think man. what we should actually do, um, put it on Patreon, is try and draw the hooded man. I love that. And see what it's actually like to try and draw someone from memory. I, I This is going to look we like someone's thrown up on a piece of paper, but um, I'm in. We'll get Gaz and Len to do it as well. Perfect. <laughs> you can vote on which one's the I'm best. I'm already laughing at how bad <laughs> it's going to be. Um, but, I mean, it was all pretty eerily familiar, but how did this affect you? Well... Do you think... I'm going to turn it around on you a bit. I'm going to answer your question with another question. Nice. Smooth. Seeing him in this context, you don't see his face or anything. I can barely hear him. But (laughs) does it ruin the illusion a bit now he's coming into people's houses and places of work? Or is that scarier? I would answer that twofold. (laughs) You will answer that with a question. (laughs) (laughs) I'll answer that by posing a a suggestion to you. Uh, I think that coming into the house in the middle of the night when it could be a dream or it could be real is fucking creepy. Mm. I think that possibly imagining seeing him in the reception room of the clinic isn't, doesn't work Mm. as well. 
Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, you you brought up the fact that did she imagine him or can she only see him? Yeah. I didn't. I actually found this worse and more like spine tingly, scary and effective it could easily be a dream with regards to ralph's reaction i think he's being really doesn't he say like this is like you know you used to sleep a lot when when you're on your meds when you're on your meds which i thought was a bit fucking harsh but i think okay in a normal scenario someone says oh i dreamt that there was someone well someone was in the house and this happened and that happened you might be like what so this has already happened to Jessa. You know something mm. weird is going on. You know it. You know that something weird is going on. You've had loads of drawings of this man by now. You <laughs> really know, good three drawings. Three different people have sort of drawn it. Um, so just to really dismiss it outright, I think is really short-sighted of him. Now, do you think that he really doesn't believe it? Or do you think he's just trying to ignore it? Maybe he's just trying to make her feel better. And not well, be like, yeah. Oh, yeah, probably he's probably like... Yeah, it's obviously that creepy man's going to kill us if we don't stop yeah, investigating. he's probably behind everything. So, yeah, that's probably what it is. So, I can think it's probably partly that. But then I also think you need to give her a bit more reassurance, maybe. Yeah, I not felt that like it's he like, was a bit... Oh, it's probably because, you know, you used to sleepwalk when, after our son died. But then also, I suppose, maybe that was really traumatic and maybe shit like this did happen. I don't know. I, I found this reaction a bit weird. I didn't like it. It's just because he's the one that has basically led down this path because he doesn't understand what happened with Terry, with the yeah. DNA. If he'd left you it alone... You know something is, is a bit yeah. weird. You know that <clears throat> there's been sightings of this man. Just, just dismiss it outright. Yeah, it's short-sighted in my mind. Hmm. It's a weird weird way to react. Yeah, and it was, yeah, bizarre. I, I'm, yeah, I'm going to have to mull over that a little bit more. Mull it. Mull it over. Uh, <laughs> mullet. Um, speaking of uh, no. actions and investigating, Ralph has been asked by Holly to go and take a look at Terry's gravesite and take some pictures of the area. Mm. So um, Jeannie insists that she tells Glory first to make sure that she knows, and they all, all three of them plus Eunice, trek off, and go and have a look at the grave. Yep, Motley Crew. Yep, weird. <laughs> Do you want to just take a walk up graveyard. Yeah, can I just take some photos around? Take some pictures. Grave. Yeah. Oh, where, where's the grave marker? Nat, leave that in the bush. Yeah, no, don't worry about that. Yeah, don't worry about that. Not important. Um, so Ralph has taken all his little pictures. Eunice is like, uh, mate, mate, look over here. Yeah. Turn around and look over the brow of the hill. And I'm sorry, how has no one fucking noticed this before? Yeah. There is the barn where all the gooey clothes were. How have you not picked up on that? Like, they've been to the funeral. But then I guess... They didn't realise there was any react. They have, they're only there to take photos because Holly said, yeah. can you go and do that? So probably the barns near a graveyard probably doesn't really mean anything to them. They don't, No, I suppose not. But they don't even think about this. They don't know about El Coco. They don't know about the grief eater. No, they don't because Eunice hasn't told them yet. Because Eunice didn't do it in this. Come so on, Eunice. I think, although I agree with you, like, it's right there. I also think they don't understand the context of it like we do. I, Not that I honest, fully understand it. I thought the reveal was great. Yeah, because it was it, creepy. Like, it uh, pulls everything barn. back together, doesn't it? But I did think, the barn! And I was like, what does that actually mean? What does it actually mean? Well, I, mean, I suppose, what does the goo mean? I mean, I'm not even thinking about um, the goo. Blah, 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 blah. Um, it's all linked. And this is what I mean by thread. It's like, there's a thread. I hope that we start to put them together now. Because we, we are halfway through. Yeah. We've got to start connecting them. We do need to. 
um, because otherwise it's going to get frustrating. Mm. Speaking of frustrating, it's time for a baby party. Oh, yeah. I'm not having one, don't worry. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear it. Um, So both Jack and Ralph go to Tamika's to celebrate. And there's some weird interactions between Ralph and Jack here. There's some weird interactions in this scene. Please carry on. We'll go back to it. Yeah, there's a lot of weird interactions. So Ralph asks Jack about the barn. And he starts getting pretty, like, interrogative. Mm. Um, And Jack's pretty defensive. Even if he is sober... As we've now discovered, he stopped drinking. Good Ginger lad. beer. Um, and then when Tamika asks Jack to hold the baby, he is absolutely having none of it. So, and, and, and Tamika goes to challenge him about it. The whole thing's really fucking weird. It's strange. And this is the thing about us not having much of a backstory or a development on Jack. And now we've got Tamika, who we know, we know even li- little about, less about, sorry, um, insisting, oh, no, hold my baby. It's like, so you two are really good friends or like why are you because well, he was in the hostel when she had the yeah, baby wasn't which was he? weird anyway maybe they're just close and it's just that's how it is in the police but her like insistence was strange um but i did enjoy the kind of he's looking at he's sort of weighing the baby up almost weighing the situation and he's like i don't want anything to happen to him and he knows yeah potentially that his proximity to this child could, could make the danger. child another potential victim of the outsider so i enjoyed that part and what that actually does is it 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 starts to create maybe a little bit later to the party um a a bit of sympathy for jack or his kind of sympathetic character yeah and it goes back again to the fact that he is still himself he's just not always in control of what he's doing which Mm. must be horrible like you know if you know that there's this urge Someone's controlling you and could make you kill your friend's baby. That's pretty horrifying. Okay, so is he being controlled by the outsider or is he just being threatened by the outsider? I think he's not constantly being controlled. Um, But any threat, I think it seems like it's just pain. I say just pain, but I mean, he's being controlled with pain. So if you don't do this, it's going to hurt. And he's like, well, I'm not going to do it. And then the pain is too much for him to really resist. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. So not as as in like taking over his mind kind of control. No, I literally yeah, think it yeah. is like almost like holding a poker to the back of someone's neck and it's so yeah. painful that like you have to do it. Because at first I wasn't sure of that, but seeing more of Jack, it does seem like he is still himself. Yeah, most he's of retained the time. his own personality and his own but thoughts. I, yes, but only when the, the outsider needs him to do his bidding. Mm, evil biddings. Mm, evil doings. Da, da, da. So... After this, and I think we're all feeling a bit weird after this whole scenario. Weird, isn't it? Yeah. First, who has a party for a baby? Um, many, but... many women. Really? Baby showers, isn't it? Wet in the baby's yeah, head. Baby's already been born. But it's like a christening or a naming day. Yeah. Oh, right. There's always a reason, Emma. Trust me. Okay. <laughs> okay. True enough. Okay. That is true, actually. Yeah. Uh, so Ralph tells Holly that she needs to come back and start presenting her thoughts. She's like, "All right, yeah, cool." And then, and then. Then she invites security guard Andy up for some chit-chat, a little bit of an, oh, is there some sexy time happening here? Yes. Yeah, 100%, right? Well, he was naked and she left, he which was... is usually how these things end, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, she sneaks out, which I thought was quite cute. Like, yeah. she left him a little note, she put a little kiss on his head and then... Yeah, that was a nice note. I... Do you, do you think they have a future, Lucy? No. Oh. But I like I liked how it ended and I liked that it was just... You know, he didn't ruin it by being a creep. 
And she felt safe and comfortable enough with him to open herself up like that in more ways than one. Um, no, I liked it. And I think I don't want them to have a future because he lives in Dayton and she doesn't. Yeah, that's true, actually. So it doesn't make any sense to have She a comes from Chicago? Chicago, I don't know. Chicago! Actually, I think you're right. Which? That's Far mi- away. That's Midwest. Dayton, Ohio. Not. Don't know where that is. Sorry, listeners, tell us where. Yeah, give us a geography lesson. Yeah. Not a long one, a very short one, please. Yeah. Succinct. I am. Um, I don't really like geography. <laughs> uh, well, I really liked it. I just thought, like, I liked them together, and I wasn't sure about it because when they first met, it was so corny and weird. But actually, I like yeah, the pairing. It, works. it, it does work. I like it too. Um, but then we hit pretty hard with something else after this. So then we get our second hoodie man moment. Yeah. Oh, I know he's popping up a bit much now, isn't it? He's getting a bit. Oh, he's getting too much mm. screen time. So Tamika has a dream that, well, we later realise it's a dream, that he steals her baby from the crib. Yeah. Uh, and then she actually wakes up and goes to check on the baby and the baby's not there. But actually, the baby isn't gone. It's outside with its dad. Um, I mean, this... I was right on edge watching this. Yeah. Unsurprisingly, yes, I did not enjoy this. <laughs> I Where is it? Yeah. Well, I didn't realise it was a dream at first. I was trying to think. Well, no, you don't. Because I guess in your mind you're like, he knows about this, uh, the baby through Jack's kind of yep. influence and now he's coming to get it, which isn't really the MO of, of the outsider, is it, at all? As in, he possesses or duplicates himself. No, and that's what's weird about it, is that now we're... Like, I get him going to Jeannie and to Jessa to get Ralph to start. Yeah. But I don't get this. There's no precedent for this. Because also there's not... Ralph and Tamika are not that close. No. So I don't see how it could work. I, I It confused me. I, I've got to say, her dream of the outsider freaks me out more than Jeannie potentially seeing him or even her visit yeah, from the it other was, night. Yeah, it was scary. And the fact that she didn't do anything, which, you know, is a dream and you'd probably be paralysed, but it's like, oh my God, he's just taking yeah. his baby. Well, you, I mean, you just would, wouldn't you? Why? Like a, yeah, horrid. Um, so interestingly, Jack then pops around and apologises to Ralph um, for being a bit of a dick, essentially. Mm, in general. In general, yeah. Uh, and then asked if he can come on board with the investigation. Yeah. Now, mm, sneaky. So do you think this is now the outsider influence? I think it must be. Or do you think he's like, I actually want to know more about what's happening. and Because if he knows what's happening, then maybe he can stop it. Because I've been saying throughout, oh yeah, he's still in control of himself. And then he does this and you think, oh, is he? Well, actually, I, did, I didn't... I just assumed that it was the outsider encouraging him to do it but actually he didn't feel he felt like jack yeah although i did feel like the the scene was a bit flat it just i, I think actually if anything and, and don't get me wrong because ben mendelson's really good i thought he was a bit flat it's just the low voice isn't it maybe yeah the, Can't husky, slack him the huskiness can get a bit yeah mm. monotone yeah one maybe level. That's it. so I, I think flat is probably a fair way of and also coming off the back of tamika in the yeah. Yeah, that's probably just the feeling. He's very downbeat, isn't he? So. Yeah. I feel he's just... Poor fucker is miserable, isn't he? Oh, yeah. <sighs> Rough. Yeah. Um, so let me jump back onto New York City. New York? Yeah. Uh, and Andy wakes up in the in the nuddy to find a note from Holly. Is it in New York or is it back in Dayton? Yeah, it's Dayton. I don't know why. It's... No, it is New York. 
No, she's back from Dayton. Because she, she goes to Dayton, that's where she sees Oh, uh, she is Nick back in Dayton. Man. Yeah, and sorry. He, and Heath's um, grave. So, sorry, Andy hasn't and transported Andy himself there. to New York. She's gone back to Dayton. He wakes up to a note from her. Uh, and also, some of her case notes, which she's left behind, which I, I find very unlikely from Holly, yeah. given that she is a very fastidious human being. Good word. But uh, security guard Andy starts doing a bit of Googling and making notes. Yeah. I think he wants in. Yeah. I, I think he wants in Holly, to be honest. Well, I think he already has. But yeah, he's obviously an ex-detective or whatever. And yeah, this would pique your interest, wouldn't you? Yeah, definitely. If your paramour was involved in something like this, yeah. I mean, we all, we all love true crime and I'm sure if as horrible as it all is, if something like that happened and you had the chance to kind of look into it a bit more, a lot of people would I be 100% interested in doing would. it. Exactly. Absolutely. I hope we see Andy again. I hope, you can say, I hope that does happen and I am involved in a crime that, I have yeah. to investigate. Didn't think I'd say that um, out loud, yeah, but you've I mean, done it for me now. So. If, if there's any reason to go to Dayton or maybe, maybe yeah, maybe they will link up. I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's necessary, but I do like it's it. It's not necessary. I just personally would like it to happen. Fair one. Just for funsies. Uh, Holly herself is unfortunately stuck in traffic, uh, which Bloody we know traffic. is because of the shootout mm. from the beginning of the episode. So then we get the full story of this. So he turns up, he picks some random guy, he's threatening him with a gun in like a fucking execution position. Mm. SWAT turns up, the police turn up. It's basically a very elaborate suicide by cop. Yeah. Isn't it? Now, basically, yeah. It, this book ends the episode, so clearly it's important. Now, the question here is, are they doing that to show that uh, he is so desperate to escape the clutches of the outsider that he will get himself killed because he can't kill himself? Yes. Maybe. We don't know. There's also a link <clears throat> to Heath obviously killing himself. Yeah. Heath doesn't get killed. He kills uh, himself. Or is this a ploy to hold up Holly from something? no okay i don't think so because i think the guy already exists in that um the outsider realm because he's got all the marks on his neck so i think unless it's yeah, like a, unless he's just two being... birds one stone but yeah. I, don't, I don't think that's the case don't know okay be interesting to see what happens mm. I, I wasn't necessarily sure if it was actually necessary to have that scene it without knowing it. where it's all going it's hard to know what's yeah. necessary and it what's may turn not, out to be honest. incredibly important i think it shows yeah that it shows they can't kill themselves so we know that about jack now but um, Heath, oh, but Heath was not Heath is not mm, a no, minion correct minions can't kill themselves yeah <laughs> that's going to be in the next minion film <laughs> we are invincible banana okay <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's good to know. Let's hold on to yeah. that one. Uh, so we finally end the episode with Ralph falling asleep in his son's bed, um, which I thought was really sweet. And then his son visits him in his dream, allegedly. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, almost like begging him to let him go. And then we hit the end credits. Yeah. Sad. Well, sad. I have to admit, I thought that he was going to turn around and it was going to be Melty Face. Me too. Like Melty Face son. Like mm. his son's Melty Face. I'm very glad it wasn't. But I was bracing awful. myself for that. I I think that they're hammering home the grief yeah. of the Andersons. Definitely. And it is fucking sad. And it's like, but let's let, let me go. It's like, they're never going to let you go. No. You're never going to move on for that. No. But maybe it's let, let go in a way that you can move forward yeah. rather than not just forget. Let me go enough that I still remain in your memory, but you can live a normal life. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Wow. Um, well, let's move on from that, shall we? Yes. Uh, that is episode five. Donezo. Uh, I think it's time for a little bit of King Corner. KK. I'm innocent, Red. Just like everybody else here. The house is burning. Hi, Georgie. I'm afraid I have a tendency to turn up the heat. Red rum! Red rum! Hello, it's King Corner time. Um, I'm afraid to say I don't have any Easter eggs from this episode. <laughs> That's okay. That we haven't already mentioned, and I'm not going to bring them up again. No. So King Corner this week is book differences only. So we are really veering away from the book storyline now, and I have listed the major differences for you here, Lucy and Shoot. listeners. Uh, so firstly, we do not have another Jack-type minion in the book. Okay. Uh, again, very much like we don't have Maria, but I understand why they're doing it. They're broadening the scope. Yeah, they're just hammering home that they're, you know, the differences, I guess, in these two these two types of people that are affected by the yeah. outsider. And I think it works in a show. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, well, we'll it's good. We'll see where it goes, but yeah, I can well, see why they're yeah. doing it. <laughs> We said that a lot this episode. Just see, see what well, happens. See where that I don't know what's going on. Uh, Holly is absolutely not getting it on with any security guards in the book. Sad for her. But she could be. She could have a full and rewarding sex life elsewhere. Who Does knows? She? Don't know. Oh. Uh, but actually, in the book, her relationship with Ralph is much, much closer than we've yet seen. Not in a romantic way. Um, but they become like very, very firm friends. Well, I would like to see that in the show because I really like to see that. I hope now she's going to come back to Cherokee City. I say come back, she hasn't been there. But um, I, I need them to be together and to investigate together because the phone calls is not doing it for me. No. I need, Especially it, I need not. a double act and I need it now. They're weird. They need to connect. They need to connect face to face. Yes. I agree. Um, we've talked a lot about Jack. He is not apologetic or helpful. He's actually a bit of a douchebag in the book. More of a douchebag. Much more of a okay. douchebag, yeah. Interesting. Um, and the last major difference, and listeners, please do tell me if I have missed anything. You can email fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com. Is that when the outsider visits Jeannie mm-hmm. in the show, I'm pretty sure that it's Glory or Marcy in the book. Interesting, but I may have been completely wrong, and I um, couldn't check. So uh, please tell me. I'm pretty sure that it's the other way around. I wonder why that is. Hmm. Maybe because Jeannie in the book doesn't have the grief of losing her son, so it's yep. somehow linked. And that. actually, and I don't know if we saw this. I don't think we did at all. Um, in the book, when it describes this scene, um, the chair and the places around it are all covered in goo. Goo, outside goo of goo. again goo 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 god okay i'm pretty sure holly lights it up with a black light rank yeah weird um but that's that's all i've got okay it's i mean we the thing is, is the storyline is really changing but we've talked about a lot of it yeah and i don't necessarily think any of it's bad i just like it to hurry up yeah yeah i think it needs to get moving now yeah agreed uh it's now time for us to get a little bit of listener feedback. 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 Uh, so Ashley on Facebook kindly confirmed for us that you can carry pepper spray in self-defense in most states of okay. America. And she can handily pick it up handily pick it up at any local sporting goods store. Wow, why sporting goods? Don't know, that's what she said. The sport of macing people. I mean, you know, it, 
get your heart rate up, macing someone. Maybe. Um, And Todd's been back in touch. Hi, Todd. Hey, Todd. We've missed you. Uh, He's caught up now and he's given us some pros and cons after a very kind spoiler warning uh, from the early release this weekend. So Todd's pros are as follows. Uh, He's really enjoying the camera work in the show. Um, The vast majority of the shots, he says, are not censored on the characters in the scene. And it kind of gives you the feeling of stalking or spying on the conversation, which is very effective in making us as the audience feel uncomfortable. Mm. I agree, Todd. You feel like you're kind of an outsider looking in. Oh, Oh, yeah. Um, he also says that the scares feel very earned because they are effectively set up. So the basis of the show is terrifying and he appreciates how they're going for more unsettling horror than kind of really in your face, mm. gore or jumpy scenes. I hate jumpiness. I not, hate jump scenes. I'm not a fan. Can't deal with it. Um, and actually, yeah, predominantly he's right. Yeah. He said he also can't help but notice the similarities to Pennywise or It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... And actually, he did say, and he's not wrong here, uh, reading the book, I always thought of it as a Mexican Pennywise. <laughs> it's nice. I like that. Just because of the name. Pennywise. El Coco. Uh, and last pro from Todd is that the abs- the acting is absolutely top notch. From Ralph Anderson to Holly Gibney, the characters are very well acted and written. Agreed. Very much agreed. Uh, but he does have some cons. Uh, so he says, some of the scenes are downright hard to watch. As a young parent, some of the scenes are legitimately terrifying and hard to get through. Not the show's fault. It's effective in what it's trying to do. But damn, is it brutal. And I can imagine, as a non-parent, I feel similar. Mm. As a parent, I can imagine it's even worse. I mean, I think that's probably actually a pro as well. But if it's freaking you out, then maybe it's a it's, it's, it's a pro-con. If it's like make, giving you that kind of visceral experience, yeah. probably a good thing in some ways. Um. Todd also says that some of the plot points are a little corny and he's not a huge fan of the Jack storyline because it feels like somebody he doesn't care about. And in a show with loads of emotional depth, one of the characters we're supposed to sympathise with and fear is hard to feel anything for. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've talked about this, haven't Dave, we? Is this um, Todd's message from this episode? Yes, I think okay, so. Okay, because I think they've kind of developed him a bit more in this episode. Yeah. I understand what you're saying. You are right in saying that they've kind of done it a little bit too late. Too little, too late, Yeah, HBO. Um, but all in all, he thinks he'd give every episode four blueberries. Nice. Wow. Uh, the show hasn't had its masterpiece episode yet and expect in the future we'll get it. Yes, I hope so too, Todd. Uh, it hasn't had a stinker either, though. Yes, nope. you are also yeah. correct. Uh, I would describe The Outsider, he says, as consistently good, which is not easy to do, i.e. Castle Rock Season 2. Yes, very, You're very telling true. us. Um, and he says, thank you for all that we do and talk to us next week. Thank you, Todd. Thanks, Todd. Keep writing in. We love your feedback. Uh, it's fantastic. If you want to send us what you think of this episode or next episode next week, then please do. It is fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com. But I think that's it for episode five. Thanks for thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for joining me, Lucy. Welcome. Uh, as I said, let us know if we missed any Easter eggs. Uh, please don't mention it or Pennywise again uh, or any major book differences. <laughs> Uh, apologies if I have missed those um, on the social media or email that we've already talked about and we will be back next week for episode 6 titled The One About the Yiddish Vampire is that like a lost episode of Friends or something potentially (laughs) it could be Uh, very ominous I'll leave you to think on that one everyone and uh, we'll see you next week Bye. bye